HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Nettle Meadow Farm Cheese and Spirits Pairing, taking place on Saturday, June 18th at Nettle Meadow Farm. For more information, visit NettleMeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. That's N-E-T-T-L-E, MeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. And we are going to be hanging out with a really good buddy of mine. I, you know, it's I'm surprised that this is happening right now because uh, I realized that you hadn't been on the show like before because we just talked shop so much right. and it's it just seemed so natural to me that I, I, I didn't even realize it hadn't been on before, but it's about time to make this happen. Uh, so... We got Jack Summers in from Jack from well, commonly known as Jack from Brooklyn, uh, a distiller and spirits creator and consultant from Red Hook Brooklyn, most notably known for Sorrel, the uh, Sorrel liqueur, uh, which is awesome stuff. Uh, Dude, welcome to the show. Dude, it's good to be here. You two, are my favorite people in the industry. I'm so glad we could do the we get to do this today. Yeah, yeah. man. I, me too. Um, so, dude, you're like. I, you're one of the busiest dudes I know. Um, and Highest I, energy in the business. Yeah, definitely for sure, man. Um, so we are going to have to. We have so much to talk about. We just got to dive right into it, man. So, like, I know that uh, you started uh, the distillery years ago in Red Hook. Give us, just give us the background, man. Let's let's run through it. So the short version of the story. <laughs> is six years ago, right around now, my doctor found a golf ball-sized tumor inside my spine. He said, you have a 95% chance of death and a 50% chance chance of paralysis because in in order to remove the tumor, we need to take a bone out of your spine, take your spinal cord out through the hole, and then do neurosurgery on your spinal cord. So if you don't have your paperwork in order, like, now's a good time. Uh, yeah, it'll readjust your perspective. <laughs> Fuck, I lived. What the hell? Um, 
but I call what happened to me the gift because I got to address the question that most people spend their whole lives avoiding. And the question is, if you knew for a fact today was your last day on earth, what would you do? Do you go home and make love to your partner one last time? Do you play with your kids and your dog? Do you call your mom? Do you settle an old feud with a friend? Do you go punch someone who deserves it in the face? All of those. Oh, yeah, I would do all of them. I'd rob a bank, too, and just give it away to Robin Hood style, man. On my last day on earth, I know for a fact what I will be doing. I will be around smart people having good conversation and a good drink. And my entire life, and the reason I'm in this industry, is so that I can make sure every day in my life I get, do, I get to do exactly what we're doing right now. Good conversations, good friends, and a good drink. That's perfect. Uh, <laughs> I'm... Well, that, that was a that great group. show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh, man, you're always the best to be around. Um, so this catalyst, this, this catharsis of your life took you from an office job to what you now do. Talk about that. I had 25 years in corporate America. I had five years in finance, 10 in marketing, and 10 in publishing. And I was a director at a fashion magazine, uh, my last corporate job. But I had this Caribbean thing that I was making in my kitchen for years and years and never thought twice about it. They first started to bring hibiscus leaves uh, into the Americas from West Africa in the 16th century. Um, it's got all these terrific medicinal properties. It's natural antimicrobial. It's got more vitamin C than most citrus fruits. It's an aphrodisiac. Yeah. They would make the, yeah, this is not a problem <laughs> at all. They would make a tea out of this. And then because the British naval officers had rum as part of their stipend, they would put rum in the tea. And this drink called sorrel was born. Sure. And relative to what island you were on, it was prepared slightly differently because of different spice influences. If you were higher in the spice route, say Jamaica, you got hibiscus flowers with ginger and allspice and cardamom and rum because everything in Jamaica has got yeah. rum. Yep. If you were deeper in the spice route, like Trinidad and Tobago, they had East Indian influence and South American influence. So you got nutmeg and cinnamon and clove, but not necessarily alcohol. The Trinidadians are not nearly as notorious drinkers as the, as the Jamaicans are. So I knew I was leaving my day job to day drink professionally. <laughs> and the question is, how do you how do you, how do you do that? <laughs> That is the question. Right? It, it, it's, it sounds like a really nice idea, but why should people pay me to drink with my friends? And I had this idea that I was going to take this beverage I was making in my home and make it a commercial version of it. And the joke I tell people is, if you have an idea you think is so good that no one's ever thought of it before, it's probably a terrible idea. It's yeah. <laughs> probably a reason why no one's ever done this before. It's been around for centuries. Um... So because I'm insane, I decided that without any background in food chemistry, without any background in the hospitality, without knowledge of anyone in the liquor, in the liquor industry, without any sales experience, I was going to create this, this brand in my kitchen and launch it. And I became the first person to have to invent a shelf-stable version of this product. That's been around for centuries. It's been around for centuries. Brave and crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's, it's funny how those things are usually the same yeah. thing. <laughs> Uh, and it has, no one's more surprised than me. 
at how universally it's been accepted. It won a bunch of awards. It turns out that it's incredibly versatile. You can use it in pretty much any spirit. You can drink it hot. You can drink it cold. It it has allowed me to pursue this dream of spending every single day with smart people and, and drinking with them. And I don't want to to make it sound small as if that's all that's involved. There's a tremendous amount of other stuff and, and knowledge that's involved. There's lots of science of rectification. There's all this governmental regulation that you have to familiarize yourself with. There are the absolutely indispensable people skills because it's a social industry. And you sort of have to have all of these things working at the same time uh, in order to... To, to do this with any seriousness, and I've been incredibly fortunate to meet great people like Souther and Damon who have been not just willing to to guide me along the course, but to befriend me and make all this bullshit absolutely worthwhile. Yeah, man. You need to make strength, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> yeah, plus you, your, your passion is infectious. Your energy for, I, I say it all the time, you're the most energetic guy in the business that I know here in New York City. Like you are always on the run. Uh, it helps that I don't sleep. That's I mean, like real. <laughs> right now, I'm on 90 minutes sleep, and that's okay. Uh, I had someone ask me when I'll sleep, and I told them when I have a great big pile of money, I'll sleep perfectly, <laughs> <laughs> contented. Oh man! Mm. So it's amazing. Like just like everything just changed, like literally, like overnight, like in your life. And just like, and then you jumped into this, and you've you've been very successful with this brand, and it's, it's been for me like for and I'm sure for Souther as well. Um, uh, it's been a really fun product to work with because, like I said, you know, it hadn't been around before. It's when a lot of these products come out and uh, I mean, did you first of all did you think that it was going to find its way? Did were you focused on getting it into like the cocktail world or getting it on the shelves or like both? I mean, like what did you? Because like you said before, you weren't really in that the the bar scene like the cocktail scene. Before Well, Southern will tell you that literally, and Southern was one of the very first people, I went around to all of the bars I could find uh, and seeded the market. I said, hey, I'm the guy down the street, and I make this stuff. I remember you bringing it in to yeah. me at Prime Means. Try sure. some. If you like it and you come up with something fun, let me know. And you do that, and you don't. you just keep doing it, and you don't even think about it. And if it comes back to you, great. But... I, again, I think the two things that really count are the product, whatever it is, has to be distinctive. It's it, because there's just too many things out there right now that are too similar. There's, mm -hmm. yeah, I sure. love craft, uh, but it's incredibly romanticized. Well, so is opening a bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're 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 out of our minds. Why would we do this? Yeah, <laughs> because because you love it. That's true. Like. And it's not just that you love it, it's that you choose it. You know, this is, it's like having a good partner. Like, you can fall in love with somebody, but you still have to wake up every morning and choose that person. Like, I get that we love this, yeah. mm -hmm. but every day we choose it too, and that is really what makes the difference. Absolutely. You're celebrating a bunch of local success how about abroad? I mean, are you going further than New York? It's spreading. I mean, it's one quick question for that. Like, how long has Jack from Brooklyn been around? You've been making it's, sorrel. It's four years now. Four years. Okay, which is a short time in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't you know? seem like 
that short of a period of time. It seems like it's been around for a lot longer, it, it, but I think it, that's your impact. Yeah, it's dog years. You have such a presence. <laughs> yeah, there it's, we go. it's like 28 years, really. Yeah. yeah. It's you. You have such a presence that you make us think, like, I can't remember a time in my life when I didn't know Jack. So, like, because you, you just have that big personality. But so, so in four years, New York, you're, you're crushing it. How about further out? You going further? It's in 22 states, Canada, Australia. I get 10 to 15 emails a day from around the country asking how soon they're going to get it. This morning I got emails from Nebraska, Minnesota, and Ohio. Uh, <laughs> I've got requests from as far as Monaco and Malta. And again, no one is more surprised than me because... The big liquor companies have the money to advertise you to death. I've never spent a dime on advertising because I've never had a dime right. to spend on advertising. <laughs> it's only ever been word of mouth and... In the community. And, and yeah, in the community. And the community has been so, so good to me that all I can think of is what can I do to give back. It's just been a terrific experience. It's also like, to me, it's a testament to the possibilities of starting a brand like, like yours based on our based on, just based solely on the community you know obviously you have to have a great product and you do but like that's man i can't believe it's fucking four years yeah, <laughs> like right. it's still bothering me like in a great way like it, yeah man this it's just it's such a great industry man it's i mean that's a lot of success in in, in a pretty short amount of time but again, yeah i've never seen you not hustling you are always that working. is true and and that's a testament to you just as a person. Of course you have a good product. Of course you have done your homework. But like the fact that you are you are Jack from Brooklyn. Like you you are the guy. I see you everywhere. I I don't actually know if seeing me everywhere is <laughs> Um I have come to understand that people appreciate your absence more than they appreciate your presence. Oh come on. Yeah. Um <laughs> But, you know, this is one of the great things about what we do is there are certain things that you can contribute to overcome the inherent obstacles in in what we face. They can limit the amount of money that you have if you are not born to wealth. They can limit the amount of influence you have if you do not know people, but they can't limit your hustle. Only you can limit how hard you decide to work at something. And if you love this, like... I, 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 by the time my eyes pop open at 4 o'clock in the morning, I can't wait to get started. Yeah, I, I'm like, why is everyone still sleeping? There's stuff to do. Yeah, let's <laughs> get it done. Get shit done. Absolutely. It says it on your t-shirt right now. <laughs> awesome. Get shit done. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's take a quick break. Yeah. And when we get back, we'll continue talking with our buddy Jackie from Brooklyn. All right. Farm Cheese and Spirits Pairing is a celebration of good food and beverages in the newly restored Barn Loft event venue at Nettle Meadow Farm in Thurman, New York. On Saturday, June 18th, come sample and savor, then buy your favorite cheeses and beverages to take home. Nettle Meadow cheeses have been praised highly in national media and have won prestigious awards from the American Cheese Society. 
taste samples of goat and sheep cheese is paired with an array of local regional wines, beers, and ciders. You'll never forget your first sample of rich, creamy Kunick, Nettle Meadow's trademark cheese. In Esquire, our very own Anne Saxelby said Kunick. It may very well be the sexiest cheese in the USA. Nettle Meadow Farm is a goat and sheep dairy and cheese company in Thurman, New York, just below Crane Mountain in the Adirondacks, between Gore Mountain, North Creek, and Warrensburg. It's owned and operated by Lorraine Limbiase and Sheila Flanagan. Both have a great love of animals, artisan cheese, and the unique challenges of farm life. Nettle Meadow Farm was originally founded in 1990, and it's the home of over 300 goats, dozens of sheep, and a variety of farm sanctuary animals. Again, the Cheese and Spirits pairing is Saturday, June 18th. For more information and tickets, visit NettleMeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. That's N-E-T-T-L-E, MeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Southern Teague here with Damon Bolte. Our guest today, Jackie Summers from Jack from Brooklyn. Um, we just talked a lot about your product and your hustle and how you like to get shit done. The hustle is real. The hustle is real. And then on the break there, you mentioned to us, you personally made every single batch of sorrel that's out there. You alone. Alone. Talk to us about that. <laughs> you know, I, I want to say that this is something that all the craft people do. I have made every single batch of sorrel that's out there to date. Uh, I have had a tremendous amount of help when it comes to bottling, labeling, that sort of a thing, because that's really the clusterfuck of it all. Making, I want to say that in the entire production process, making alcohol is the easy part. Bottling, labeling? Yeah. The first (laughs) 3,000 bottles, I hand-filled with a lemonade pitcher because I didn't have a filler. The first (laughs) 30,000 cases... We hand-labeled because they didn't have a labeler. And it's all you could do because that's what had to be done. And it was seven days a week, 16 hours a day, and there really wasn't any other way around it. Sure. So you wake up, you do your correspondence, you do your paperwork, go make product, come back, hit the street until your feet are blistered, and then go do some more paperwork and start to shit all over again. And this is your daily life for the past four years now. Pretty much. I will say that the the thing I don't think craft people focus enough on is the business aspect of it. It's one thing to make a product, but if you're not focused on the business end, the marketing end, if you don't know the ins and outs of d- distribution agreements, if you don't know the ins and outs of how to continue to raise capital, you will hit some obstacles that are really hard to overcome. But as, as an entrepreneur and as a guy who just started all this, as you mentioned earlier, with no ties to the to the to the field of bartending with no ties to the field of liquor. You, you've learned all this on the go. Yeah, how did you, like, did you, like, read any books? Like, where did it come from? <laughs> just, just enlightenment? Just, like, intuition and yeah. uh, ingenuity? Or, like, what's going on, man? I believe in the apprenticeship model. You know, we have public school systems nowadays which theoretically teach kids very basic stuff. But before we had apprenticeship, before we had schools, we had apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. When you were in your teens, you would go study with a master. You'd take seven or eight years of your life. And every day for eight hours, you would study under somebody who knew what the fuck they were doing. And then 
you would go out on your own and create your own masterwork, and eventually the masters would grant upon you this title of master yourself. I was lucky enough to seek out really good mentors right from the start. So when it came to the business aspect, I sought out people who could teach me about the business side of Arthur Shapiro, for example, the former CM, the former chief marketing, marketing officer for Seagrams, is one of my closest mentors. He and I speak every day, and I've learned tons of stuff from him. When it comes to cocktails, I've got you, I've got Souther and Damon, who've taught me so much about what makes a good cocktail. And when it comes to the, the business of, of what makes a bar successful, there's Julie Reiner is, I think, one of the best people in the industry when it comes to just what makes things run. Everyone has been willing to teach me. And so I've just been deeply, deeply immersed as in, 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 with the most amount of modesty possible to ask people to, to share their knowledge with me. And there's, the industry is, is truly hospitable. There's been, no one is, everyone's been so gracious. And it's just been an immersive experience. I consider myself absolutely a beginner. And I figure I've got another seven or eight years before I can progress out of being anything but a novice. And I hope that people will continue to teach me. Wow. Well, that's the spirit of community. Absolutely, I mean, man. And, you know, that's... We're no strangers to it because I mean, Souther comes from a culinary background, you know, and he he didn't he didn't start as a chef, you know, yeah. and like I didn't start as a bartender, you know, like we it's I I really do like I agree with you. I love the idea of apprenticeship. It's just the natural like classic way of learning, you know. Yeah, and it's like unfortunately le- lost lost art. Yeah, but we still we still embrace that in our in our industry. I think so, absolutely. I mean, it's like the only way to do it. You can't really like read. There's so many great cocktail books out there, but you can't. You don't learn it all from reading the cocktail books. I feel like the cocktail books are more of an inspiration and then a reference. Yeah. You know? But uh but yeah, the, the, the cocktail books look nice on your coffee table, but at the end of the day you gotta be behind the stick. Yeah. And before you can get behind the stick, really you should you should be bar back. I mean, you you get it from so from so many different directions, you know. You just have to get your hands on it. And you did. And you know what's cool about it too is like you you were saying in the earlier half of the show that uh that Jack from Brooklyn, as the company, started as like an umbrella company. Or actually, you were saying this during the break. Started as a uh, an umbrella company for more products to come. I mean, right. so like now yeah. that you've got you've gone like four years into uh, in Sorrel, which is awesome, and now you're at a point where you're starting to feel comfortable with. First of all, your consult. You've been you started consulting with some different companies, which is awesome we should talk about that for sure but you're also getting into a point where your portfolio diversification is coming yeah, up is that what we're talking exactly, about exactly <laughs> yeah you're going to start making some new products that you can't really get into but, but well, that's on that's, that's that's on your horizon right here's the thing everyone thinks of your second product as your sophomore album so if people are either going to consider you genuine or a fluke based on what you do number two yeah uh and Sadly, one of the things that happens with craft brands is they release a bunch of SKUs so they can have things that will continue to bring in revenue while they're waiting for whatever else to happen. And you end up not having distinctive products. I've put a lot of thought, a tremendous amount of thought, into what is needed. Because at the end of the day, if you don't put out, if there's not a reason for people to get what you're doing, then you're wasting everyone's time. I think I've identified three 
holes in the in the color palette that I can put products out there where people will go, huh? Why why didn't this exist before? Sure, right. Which is that aha moment that that we've all had with Sorrel. Like this should have been around. It was around. It just wasn't commercially made. And so I think. And to be clear, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna do a whiskey. I'm never gonna do a vodka. I'm never gonna do a rum. Never say I'm never. I'm never gonna do. <laughs> there there are too many people who were so good at it already. Sure. And I wouldn't know how to make that product either remarkable, distinctive. I wouldn't know how to market it. It it's not my specialty. God bless the folks who are good at that. I want to do things that don't exist yet, and let people go ah. Oh, like you know what I love? Everyone's got a freaking iPod or an, an iPhone now. But a few years ago, like no one knew they needed this. I want to give people things that they don't know they need yet. Yeah, sure. That's, that's what happened with. I mean, the, 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 Saint, the genius Saint Germain. Entrepreneur. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually thinking about Saint Germain. You know, it's unfortunate that uh, that, that he recently passed away. But uh, that that product was coming into my mind as we're sitting here talking about Sorrel. You've created something that that is is sort of catching like wildfire it's as you mentioned really versatile and useful um and was completely missing before i i think one of the tricks to entrepreneurship across the board is to see if you can identify a problem that other people can't see right and solve that problem that's that's the tricky part man for right. sure because like oh man there's there's it we're we're really lucky that we have people like you nowadays that are like identifying these. But it's true, man. Like when I first tasted Sorrel and like in, in several other products, like the, the ones that come to mind are like the ones that I really like found to be like kind of like game changers. Well, we said Saint Germain, but then like even like Art in the Age, like their root liqueur. Like I, I love that stuff. It's I, amazing. I love it. You know, and it's. I didn't know that I needed that or even wanted it, you know, right. <laughs> but all of a sudden it was there and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to use the fuck out of this. Right. The The whole trick is to the the expression I love and it's not mine, so I can't take credit for it. But talent hits a target. Genius hits a target. No one else can see. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember having a conversation with you, I guess, four years ago. It doesn't seem that long ago. Um when we talked about we're, we're getting older, man, and I said but we're still here, right? Isn't that right, Jack? <laughs> getting older, yeah, yes. yeah. Getting older sucks, but it beats the alternative. Um, uh, I, I got like ten years on you, man. Come on. <laughs> um, but we talked, and I I remember telling you, I said long ago, back in I think I'm going to say 1995, I was in Mexico, and uh, I was I was back when I was a chef, and I was doing an event for uh, a Conservation International. We were in the middle of nowhere, an uh, eco-resort, no electricity. We had solar panels to heat water, to take showers, things like that. And the drink that we drank there was called Jamaica, Jamaica. which, is, which okay. is hibiscus tea. Yes. And it was seasoned with you know some cinnamon or nutmeg or whatever we had on hand. And we did. We drank it both hot at night because we were in the high desert. It was cold. Uh, we drank it in the daytime over ice. Uh, that we had, you know, we had to go get the ice every two days at the place that was 40 miles away. Um, and I was like... This is delicious. And then I came back to America, and I've never thought of it again. And then the minute you poured that for me, boom. And I was like, wow, what applications this could have in the cocktail world. I, I have to tell you, I'm the... the I mean, that's res- a similar product, The reception right? it's gotten across the board, is, it's been amazing. I, I've got a CVS in the Ozarks of Missouri that sells out. 
<laughs> you know, when you start this in Brooklyn, you don't think that's your market. Dude, but I can't. you don't know. It's better than cherry wine. I'll tell you. I'm going to tell After the show, I'll tell you my Ozark Mountain story. It's pretty, pretty gnarly. Um, well, that's great, though. I mean, like, you know, what's cool about that, too, is, like, anytime I, like, sometimes I'll write articles for Bon Appetit, like, based on, like, cocktail articles. And uh, it's good to hear stuff like that, because a lot of times you're you're handicapped by what is available in these markets in the United States. You know, like, I can't necessarily throw in some crazy ingredient for my mom living in Lone Wolf, Oklahoma, you know, because if she wants to make that cocktail, right, she might have to go two states over to pick something up, right. But it's cool that you're you're spread that you're actually getting it out there like that. And That's a massive thing. You know, when I was huge. in the culinary world and worked for the program Good Eats, you know, we would do a lot of research on every episode, every ingredient, and we would literally, you know, kind of some years ago as well, we would sit down and make phone calls to grocery stores in rural areas to be like. You have Old Bay seasoning. We consider this to be a ubiquitous thing. Surely everybody has it. And then they don't. Old Bay. And then you say, well, I guess we can't do Old Bay in this shrimp episode or whatever. And then what do you You do? So, so yeah, it's good that you're getting the product out there across the board so that when guys like us put a recipe that happens to get into a magazine, those people can feel confident that they can go out and buy the stuff and make the drink. Yeah, it's it's awesome, man. It's... I'm, you know what? I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to have to call my mom after this to see if she can get sore. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and you've, you've got, like, with these new products that you've got coming out very soon, um, you've, you've been reaching out and doing some more, like, consulting work. I mean, is that just, like, you waking up at 4 o'clock every morning and just, like, hustling? Yeah, the, li- I mean, the liquidarian. Uh, the Liquidarian is officially the marketing arm of Jack from Brooklyn, and I got the name from my mom because she doesn't like calling her kids alcoholics. <laughs> um, but the 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 consulting stuff is really interesting because I had this super crash course of information about sales and marketing and distribution and and really street level guerrilla marketing. And it all coalesced in a certain way that became marketable, a, a, a marketable skill. And so I've had people come to me and go, so, like, how do you do this? And, you know, I think about that line from The Dark Knight. The Joker says, listen, you, don't, you, never, you never do anything that you get at for free. So I'm happy to, to dispense what I've learned. Phenomenal fee. <laughs> 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 well, my dad always said, uh, the reward for hard work is more work. And it took me forever to understand that. And I think that's the position <laughs> you're in right now. What that means is the better you are at something, the more people ask you to do that thing. That's true. Hopefully. Hopefully that you can take the things that you've learned, the things people have generously showed you, and dispense it in a way that actually makes sense and is repeatable. Yeah. Man, it's always yeah. great talking with you. I mean, we're at the end of the show now, but God, you should... I would love to have you back. We would love to have you back in the studio anytime. Yeah. Say when. If it means I get to drink with you guys, hell yes. Awesome, man. It's always such a pleasure talking to you. I learned so much, just so many great things, uh, not only about the industry, but about you uh, every time we get to hang out. And it's always such a pleasure. Um, yeah, it's always really great to see you. Yeah, man. Can I say one thing before we go? Yeah, sure. let's do it. Uh, Sorrel got the name because I can't pronounce R's and L's. If you go to the Caribbean and you have this stuff, they call it sorrel, S-O-R-R-E-L. 
for me, that's like trying to say rural or <laughs> terror. I, I can't pronounce those words. Oh, but yeah. I did have eight years of enunciation class in public school. And here's one of the things I learned. <clears throat> words that end in a down sound are sad. Sorrel is a sad word. <laughs> Sorrel is happy. And I don't sound like a dumbass when I say it. <laughs> it's literally called Sorel, so I don't sound like a dummy every time. So, Sorel, parentheses, happy juice. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. That's so amazing. Dude, seriously, you, anytime you want to come in the studio, you're here, man. Uh, yeah, means we can kick some to, beers back, hell yes. Yeah, and looking forward to your new products, um, all hush-hush. But uh, looking forward to soon, seeing, soon. seeing Looking forward to seeing what you do next, because watching you is fucking entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> right. man. All right. Well, a check pleasure, out. guys. It's, yeah, my pleasure. Uh, the, the website is jackfrombrooklyn.com. Right. So you can follow. Uh, you can learn more about Sorrel there and uh, follow uh, up with uh, the new products are going to be coming out soon. And the Twitter is the Licitarian. There you go. All right, Jack. Thanks again. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, Mother. Uh, let's take it away. Let's go to the yeah. bar and get a drink. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right. That's, That's it great. for the Speakeasy this week. Tune in to Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Until then, cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.